Okay, praise the Lord. Oh, anyway, I want to give you just a little bit of history. We're looking at um, King Jehoshaphat. We're actually going to look at two kings this morning, and we're we're in Second Chronicles. But uh, I want to back up just a little bit to um, when he became king. Uh, now, you say kings. Remember, we have a whole book. There's two books in the Bible called First Kings and Second Kings, and it's very short. You know, there's only so many kings, and they actually existed. They actually, there was not fairy tales. You know, the Bible, you have to overcome those things that we've heard and whatever, that the Bible's just, like, this is just an inspirational book. It is entirely historic. Entirely. As a matter of fact, it's placed almost perfectly in chronological order. I mean, get it. I mean, it's, it's so easy to get. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning... Not the Christians beginning. Our version, our culture. And we get into that little, well, we don't want to make the Buddhist uh, unhappy. I'm not worried about the Buddhist. But if you'll go back and chase down your Buddhist or your Chinese, whatever, their tradition goes all the, back to, all the way back to a guy by the name of Nohu who survived a flood. Hello, Chinese. Where did that come from? And they're not the only civilization that has a story of a flood. There's over 300 of them. The Hawaiians have one. And they go back to a guy that starts with the name of N. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get into that. But just do a little search and research and you'll find these things out. But to call this thing a fairy tale is ridiculous. <clears throat> I mean, it's okay as long as you're not studying and you want to just believe what other people want to believe. But I know that's not us. But some people don't want to look, you know. I mean, I could do a little research and make sure I'm 54 years old. I don't just have to take everybody's word for it. So what do you do? Am I really 54? Where's that birth certificate? Matter of fact, I had to have one for my job a few weeks ago. Well, a few months ago. And it was kind of interesting. There was a place in uh, Panama City, Florida. I went to the state of Florida and they found the record. And I, I according to, I mean, just, just a little research. And you can do a little research too and find out, you know what? This stuff is accurate. Okay. So, anyway, uh, when the king started, if it was way after uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, and they go down into Egypt, of course, and then Moses comes along, and there was a real Pharaoh. Remember that? There is a real Egypt, and that book talks about it. Uh, and then they come out of there, and they get to the promised land. About 150 years after Moses, <clears throat> we've got um, roughly about 200 years, uh, you start having these kings. King Saul was first, then there was King David. We've heard of David, King David. And then David's son was Solomon. We've heard of the wisest man, King Solomon. Well, that's right. Oh, I, I, wanted, I want to mention this too. Uh, because I just happened to notice this in some of, uh, some of the things I was, I was reviewing yesterday. And uh, A lot of people, like again, they will, they will say, you know, these things never took place. Think about the word Jezebel. She's a Jezebel. We hear that. It's almost common. You'll hear it in Hollywood on a movie sometimes. Woo! <laughs> she's a Jezebel. Who was Jezebel? Ahab's wife. She was the most wicked woman in all the world. You don't laugh at things in Hollywood and bring up jokes about somebody who never existed. It's not a fairy tale. Ahab was one of these silly kings. He happened to be in the other group. <clears throat> anyway, there was two. There was two kings running side by side the whole time. <clears throat> but anyway. He was kin to Jehoshaphat. And Ahab's wife was Jezebel. And when you read about what she did, it was wicked. Okay. But anyway, so here we come along. We get to a guy by the name of Jehoshaphat. You can just call him Joe, you know. I mean, you, we hear names today from, from 
uh, from the Middle East, and they're like, oh, can you pronounce some of that thing? So we understand it. But let me... Uh, where, let me where did you jump in Jehoshaphat? Yeah, <laughs> I think probably because they knew about Jehoshaphat, and they just added to it or whatever. But now watch this. Here we go. In the 17th chapter of Second Chronicles, it says, Then his son Jehoshaphat became king. Let's see. Well, who was his dad? His dad was, oh, okay, King Asa. King Asa was a pretty good king. Later on, he acted a little foolish. He, and what's, what's so funny is King Asa, he had like gangrene or something develop in his feet. And oh, this is the very last part of, and he was actually a pretty good king. But later on, he uh, noticed this. He got so angry for the, at the prophet, he threw him in jail. And anyway, he quit uh, trusting in the Lord. Notice this. In the 39th year of his reign, he became so diseased in his feet, he didn't go to the Lord with a problem. Now compare that to what Laura just said. Laura went to the Lord with her problem. It's not going to the doctor. He didn't even bother asking the Lord. And anyway, notice this. Verse 13, so he died. Now why? He was so angry. He was so angry at what this prophet had said. And all, all the king had done, this is what he did. He asked another army over here to help him instead of asking the Lord to help him. <clears throat> He got off of trusting in the Lord, and that was because of his own little problems, whatever. But anyway, so anyway, he dies. So now the next guy, his son, because these are all what they call sons of, it's a dynasty, the sons of David. Uh, so now his son Jehoshaphat, he becomes king. Okay, now anyway, it's interesting. Oh, Look at this. In the third year of his reign, he began a nationwide religious education program. Oh, here comes all that Christian stuff. Let me tell you. It was so bad, people didn't know anything about God. They were worshiping idols. They would carve their own little image and say, there, you're my God. Then they would see, hey, did you hear what they did over in that country? They've got a great idol, and it's doing this. They've got a great God. Everybody had gods. The Egyptians had what? The sun gods and everything? It was great. It was all over the place. And so uh, these people were getting so far away from what Moses had taught them. So look what... Uh, uh, Jehoshaphat did. In the third year of his reign, he began a nationwide religious education program. He sent out top government officials as teachers in the cities of Judah. Anyway, here's the names. Look what they did. They took copies of the law of the Lord, in other words, the Bible, to all the cities of Judah, what? To teach the scriptures to the people. Sometimes you're thinking, we'll say that book is just for Richard. It's just preacher stuff. No, it's not. You've got to spend time reading your Bible. Now, just on the surface, look what happened here. Then, then what? Because you read your Bible. The fear of the Lord fell upon all the surrounding kingdoms so that none of them declared war. You want your troubles to go flying out the window? Just keep reading your Bible. Keep reading your Bible. A religious education program. Now, look what happened here. Like in the days of when uh, Ronald Reagan was president and it's peace through strength. You know, the Russians are like, we're going to take you out. And some people didn't like us building up our military, but hey, what works, works. Watch what happens. Uh, even some of the Philistines brought presents. In other words, they were, these were the enemy nations. They started bringing all these gifts and stuff. But anyway, uh, notice this. Here's, he starts saying, uh, he starts talking about his army. Look what happened. 300,000. Just keep that in mind. I mean, we're going to total these up. 300,000. Next was 280,000. That's 580. These are in Israel. 580. Here's another 200,000. So now we're up to 780, and then we've got uh, Benjamin supplied another 200. So now we're up to 9,800 uh, 9, uh, soldiers, and now we've got another 
180. So now we're at 1.6. No, we're one. Yeah, 1.16 million. That's how big his army was at this time. Praise the Lord. Okay, so now let's keep going. So anyway, interesting stories. We looked at some of these in the 18th chapter and the 19th chapter. You can read them for yourself. Oh, Jehoshaphat almost got killed. But uh, the interesting thing about this, uh, let's let's pick up that little bit of story just a moment. Um, these these are the bad guys. They're they're chasing uh, both of those kings, King Jehoshaphat, and there was another king. Oh, it, it's not listed there, but he's in the verses above it. But anyway, I want you to see what happened. These Syrian charioteers, they saw King Jehoshaphat of Judah in his royal robes. They went for him. They were going to kill him, supposing that he was the man they were after. But Jehoshaphat, now remember, that could be Richard. So you hear the story, do what he did. Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord to save him. And that doesn't mean go to heaven. That means keep the arrows from hitting me. What would you think if all of your enemies all together, the surrounding countryside was covered with armies and they were going to, they're after you. If you don't watch what you're doing, you'll say, I've, I've, I've had it. There's no way out. You have to remember, wait a minute. I've got the Lord. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's all you've got to remember. Jehoshaphat should have just, I mean, he should have just said, I got what I asked for. This is stupid. I'm toast. No, he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord made the charioteers see their mistake and they left him. Gee, he got away. Okay, great little story there. I have it on another, we studied that a few weeks ago. Okay, that puts us all the way to chapter 20. Skip ahead. Now notice this. Later on, the armies of the kings of Moab, Ammon, and the Mennonites declared war. You could just say the Spanish, the French, the English are coming after America. Oh, no. Here we go again. They're coming after King Joe and the people of Judah. Word reached Jehoshaphat that a vast army is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea at Syria. It's already as whatever. It's already in Atlanta, whatever. Jehoshaphat was so badly shaken by this news. This was not like, well, you know, uh, win some, lose some. This was very scary. Because they didn't just say, well, hey, time out. You owe us a little money. No, they killed you. They wiped everything out. It was a holocaust. Jehoshaphat was badly shaken by the news and determined, look at this, to beg for help from the Lord. Why? I don't want to interfere with God. This might be God's plan. Don't do that. If you can tell it's going to be painful, ask the Lord for his help. Ask him to get you out. So he announced that all... Now why do we need all the people in on this? Well, all the people want to get rescued. That's the reason we got to quit throwing up our hands and saying, well, it's just the preacher or whatever. No, it's not. It's everybody. We all do this. This belongs to all of us. It, watch this. Even the little, we got the youngest in here is Kylie today. Okay, watch this. Everybody. This is the little ones. Watch this too. So he uh, determined to ask for help. So he got all the people of Judah should go without food for a time in penitence and intercession before God. People from all across the nation came to Jerusalem to plead unitedly with him. Jehoshaphat stood among them as they gathered at the new court of the temple and prayed this prayer. Now let's watch what he prayed. Why do we have the details? So we can use the same words. Watch this. And look what he says. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, the only God in all the heavens, the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth, you are so powerful and so mighty. Now let's, before we get any further, let's just see if he mentions anything like, I guess you want to kill us. And if you've got time... And whatever, and or if it's your will or whatever, 
He's not. He's going to put the whole burden on the Lord, and he's also going to argue that you promised. And that's what we need to do. Who can stand against you? Oh, our God, didn't you drive out the heathen who lived in this land when your people arrived? That was jo- jo- Joshua when they got into the promised land. I mean, they wiped everybody out. Didn't you give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? See, I'll give you this land forever. This is the promised land. So we, we know all these promised land. Hello, promised land. Oh, wait a minute. It's time out. I'm Jehoshaphat and it's no longer promised land. You're going to take it away from me. No. God said the land, you would lose it if you worship these other idols. But Jehoshaphat has a religious education program. He's teaching the people about only one God, the real God, and that's Lord God, our God. So there's no grounds for us to lose our land. Didn't you drive out the heathen? Didn't you give this land to your descendants forever? Your people settled here and built this temple for you. Truly believing. Now this is in Solomon's prayer. Solomon stood there, you know, the greatest of all the kings. And Solomon, when he dedicated that temple, he said, Lord, if anybody's in trouble, whether it's famine, disease, or war, or anything, he says, if your people will come to you, and will actually turn toward this temple wherever they are. Lord, then answer them and deliver them. So that's what he's going to add to this prayer. Didn't you say, and you can read that in 2 Chronicles. That story's there. Also 2 Samuel. Uh, let's see, where are we at? Yeah, wh- yeah, here we are. We built this temple truly believing that in a time like this, whenever we're faced with any calamity, such as war, disease, and famine. See, he didn't make this up. He knew the documents were there. We can stand here before this temple, before you, for you are here in this temple, and cry out to you to save us, and that you will hear us and raise... That's arrogance. You do not put God in a box. That's American traditional thinking sometimes, and it gets you in trouble. He will get you out. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His arm is not too short to save you. David said, I will call upon the Lord, and so shall I be saved from my enemies. That's Psalm 18, and many, many other places. So for us to sit here and think, I don't God's putting too much pressure on God. No! Can you imagine these little bitty babies? Just the women. Remember, you're on a boat, it's sinking. What do they say? I watch the Three Stooges, and the Three Stooges, they'll say, women and children first. <laughs> and Curly will dress up like a woman, you know. He wants off that boat first. Are we just going to have our whole nation annihilated? Does God not care? Oh, yes, He does care. He'll rescue you. Anyway, and now you see the armies of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir. In other words, all these nations are coming to get us. And He says, you wouldn't let our ancestors uh, invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. You would have found that out in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. God said, don't attack them. You know why the Lord, this is interesting, He tells you. You know why the Lord wouldn't let Moses and Joshua attack these guys? Moab, he's a descendant of uh, uh, who was in uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and got uh, his wife turned into a pillar of salt. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Yeah, I know. I I should be spouting (laughs) it off. Excuse me. Uh, Abraham had to go, oh, Lot, Lot, Lot. This was, these were daughters, I mean, these were, these were the descendants of Lot's two daughters. One was Ammon, one was Moab. You get the Ammonites, you get the Moabites. Now, 
God, this is so merciful. Notice as he said, you wouldn't let our ancestors invade those nations. And these guys were ugly to them when they left Egypt. But God reminded them they were Lot's kids, and I'm taking care of them right now. But buddy, right now, they went too far. Because they came to annihilate Jehoshaphat. And God says, well, deal's off now. So anyway, he says, you wouldn't let us invade those nations when we left Israel. So we went around and didn't destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you've given us. Oh, our Lord, won't you stop them? We have no way to protect ourselves against this mighty army. We don't even know what to do. But we're looking to you. Looking to him for what? Protection. And you know the rest of the story. God says, you're not going to have to fight in this army. I mean, I'm going to fight it for you. And buddy, he did. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men there, one of the wives, uh, excuse me, one of the men, uh, one, yeah, one of the men, what, reading that? the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men, one's wives and children, oh, excuse me, standing there, Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, whatever his name is. He says, listen to me, all ye people, verse 15 goes on to say, and he says, um, you're not going to have to fight. The battle is not yours, but the Lord. Tomorrow, they're going to all be wiped out. Well, guess what? That's what happened. It's exactly what happened. But I want to jump ahead. Let's go about another 200 years. Let's go all the way to King Hezekiah. Guess what happens? Oh, no. Oh, I'm not far enough. Hezekiah does the same thing. And that's the reason I'm trying to tell you, these are not just special instances where the Lord saves somebody. These belong to us. You ever heard in history, I know you have those of us that have taken uh, first uh, that have taken Western civilization, you probably heard of a, uh, a, a general in the army of the Assyrian army, and his name is Sennacherib. He's really real. You've had to study about him. Well, here he is. He's from Assyria. Sometime later, after this good work of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, okay, of the Assyrian army, he invaded Judah and he laid siege to the fortified city. He already wiped out the other parts of Israel. They were worshiping idols. They got all the way to Jerusalem. And he's standing there and watch what happened. This is stories even written in Isaiah. This same story. When it was clear that Sennacherib was intending to attack Jerusalem, Hezekiah summoned the princes and the officers for council of war and decided to plug up the springs outside the city. They organized a huge work crew to block them and cut off the brook running through the fields. Why should king of Assyria come and find water? I mean, buddy, they're cutting him off. Okay, they asked. Then Hezekiah further strengthened the defenses by repairing the wall wherever it was broken down and by adding fortifications and constructing a second wall. He reinforced. Okay, so he's building up. He's preparing for this king Sennacherib to come get him. Watch what happens. It's interesting. Oh, the Assyrian historical documents, you can look this story up too. And, and what Sennacherib did, even, he got wiped out. But he got there, their records say that he got to Jerusalem and changed their mind. Ah, we don't want you after all. And they went home. No, they got, they got their pants beat off. What happened? You'll see, that this is a fantastic story. The Lord, just like, remember, you won't have to fight in this battle. They showed up. Uh, when Jehoshaphat showed up the next day, all that army was wiped out. In a minute, you're going to see this army here, 180,000 were killed without even an arrow being shot. It happened for Hezekiah. So anyway, watch what he says. So anyway, David manufactured large weapons of, of uh, uh, large numbers of weapons and shields. This was historic. Anyway, he reinforced, they had a fort. It's not like, 
you know, people in the Old Testament and old time ago, they didn't know nothing about war. Oh, yes, they did. Man, Israel had manufactured engines of, I mean, they probably had, you know, the, the uh, Chaparral missile. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, they had, it was interesting. You can actually see they had, oh, they, some of their guys were just real good with manufacturing weapons of war. Okay, wait a minute. He recruited an appointed army and uh, excuse me. He recruited an army, appointed officers, summoned them to the plains before the city, and encouraged them with this address: "Be strong, be brave. Don't be afraid of the king of Assyria." Oh, Assyria has been. Remember, there was a king. It's actually uh, this is Babylon. Assyria is Babylon. Okay, the Living Bible calls it Assyria, but the Babylonian kingdom. You just don't resist it, and that's why this king Sennacherib thinks he's hot shot. Now watch what his words say, and you can tell why he's in trouble, especially when you're trusting the Lord. He said, don't be afraid of this guy, his mighty army, for there is someone with us who is far greater than he is. Oh, uh, hello, who could that be? It's Jesus, praise the Lord. He has a great army. Wait a minute. We don't believe in armies. Uh, Jehoshaphat knows that the Lord has an army. We did, he's, Revelation says he's coming back with a huge army. Man, I mean, he's ready for battle. Mine eyes have seen the glory. Okay. But they are all mere men. This is such a great story. Wow, King, you are right on target. And why do we have the details? That's why, yes, it is inspiring, but it is historical. It's historical. But anyway, you'll definitely get inspired. He's far greater. He has a great army, but they're mere men. While we have the Lord our God to fight battles for us. Well, you can't count on that. Well, why did the king say it? I am going to count on that. The Lord will fight your battles. And notice, this is 200 years from, who was the other one? Jehoshaphat, jump of Jehoshaphat. So it was not a one-time event. This greatly encouraged him. Man, this encourages me today. Dustin's troubles he was talking about, Laura's troubles, my troubles. I'm totally encouraged. Besides, why do I have that story? It's not like a helmet in football. Unfortunately, roll, tide, roll. We didn't win the national championship. So we had to watch the Ohio Buckeyes. And what do they have on their helmet? Ping. Several little Buckeyes right there. You don't get gold stars for having read that story. I don't want a gold star saying, oh, I remember that. I want to keep it in my memory. So when I see trouble coming, I'm going to go, you know what? I've got an army far greater than that one coming. Boy, there's so many stories. This is right on. Don't you remember Elisha? Elisha saw that trouble one day. Well, his, his buddy uh, saw it. Said the chariots were surrounding the city. The armies of the Assyrians were coming to get him. It was, uh, I'm not sure who that king was. But anyway, they were going to get him. And he told Elisha, he says, Elisha, what are we going to do? Elisha says, there's more that be with us than be with them. And he said, Lord, open his eyes. And that guy's eyes were open. And of course, here's this big bad military surrounded your city. But then you look beyond them and the mountains were filled with the chariots of fire. The armies of the Lord. Like Laura was talking about. Those angels are real. They're constantly there. We just don't ever have to get discouraged. So he says, be strong, be brave, just like a coach. If we're down fourth quarter, we might lose this ball game, it looks like, but we're not. Okay. This greatly encouraged them. Then King Sennacherib, he's a real fella in history. Babylon, you just think instead of Assyria, think Babylon. Okay, well actually think Assyria in your history books, Babylon in the Bible. While they were besieging the city of Lachish, they sent ambassadors with this message to Hezekiah, the Jerusalem. They're going to try to strike a deal here. 
And notice what he says. This goes quick. I, I don't mean to be long here, but this goes quick. Watch this. King Sennacherib he of Assyria says, Do you think you can survive my siege on Jerusalem? King Hezekiah is trying to persuade you to commit suicide by staying there. You're going to die by famine and thirst while he promises that the Lord our God will deliver us from the king of Syria. Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the idols? Hello, that's a good thing. And commanded Judah and Jerusalem to use only one altar at the temple? Well, hello, that's because there's only one God. That's what got the rest of the kingdom in trouble. Don't you realize that I and the other kings of Assyria before me have never failed to conquer a nation we attack? Now watch it. Now this, we have the details to tell us today that our God is going to help you. Watch his comparison against how idols won't help you. The gods of those nations weren't able to do a thing to save their lands. Now why do we have that sentence? Because our God will do something to save us. It's not a matter of sometimes he wants to and sometimes he doesn't. No. Do what Hezekiah did. Do what Jehoshaphat did. And they both made mistakes. Believe me, they both made mistakes. But they weren't running from God like King Asa was. Well, I got a little bit of gangrene. Well, I ain't going to ask the Lord to help me. I'm mad at him. Oh, mistake. Hezekiah was told he was going to die. Isaiah said, you know what? You're going to die. Get your house in order. And Hezekiah Oh, no. And he went before the Lord and he cried. He said, Lord, you know, don't you remember? And before Isaiah could leave, Isaiah come back and says, God said, I give you 15 more years. What a deal. This is in the chapters just preceding this in 2 Chronicles. All right, here we are. 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Let's keep going. Name just one time when anyone anywhere was able to resist us successfully. Boy, do you hear the arrogance here. What makes you think your God can do any better? Don't let Hezekiah fool you. You know what? We're not talking Hezekiah. We're talking God. I mean, the people in Jerusalem knew this. They're like, you need to shut up. Matter of fact, the young girls is going to be, this morning, it's going to be Kylie. Kylie's going to be up there because it's going to say, it'll say the young virgins were up at the top of the wall and they were harassing Sennacherib because Sennacherib was saying, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. And, she, and Kylie's making fun of them. And you should because your God's going to deliver you. Let's watch what happens. Just name one time. Anyway, don't let Hezekiah fool you. Don't believe in him. I say it again. No God of any nation has ever been able to rescue his people from me. Oh, really? Well, you're fixing to find out. You know what's so funny? I'm thinking ahead here. Sennacherib here had to know it was God because Israel never shot the first era. And in just a moment, an angel wipes out 180,000 of his troops. And he can't go, well, I guess they were just up on their game that day. Israel never come out. Sennacherib comes out and says, well, let's get ready for, but, but, but. And all his men are killed. And when he goes home, his own sons kill him. All in this chapter. Let me read it. Now we know. I'm good at spoiling movies and spoiling stories. I already told you what was going to happen. Anyway. Anyway, so the, the ambassador mocked the Lord God and God's servants, heaping up insults. King Sennacherib also sent letters scorning the Lord God of Israel. The gods of other nations never failed to save their people from my hand. And the God of Hezekiah will fail too. 
Anyway, the messengers who brought the letters shouted threats from the Jewish language to the people on the walls of the city trying to frighten them. They were trying to, hey, we're going to get you. Don't listen to Hezekiah. These messengers talked about the God of Jerusalem just as they were one of the heathen gods, a handmade idol. All right, here we go. Then King uh, uh, Hezekiah and Isaiah the prophet. Where have we heard of Isaiah for war? By his stripes were healed. See, he was living at this time. And this same story is in Isaiah 42, something like that. You'll see it. He cried out in prayer to the God of heaven. Here's another prayer. What's he going to say? And the Lord God, uh, he cried out in prayer to the God of heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army and all its officers and generals. There's your 180,000. Anyway, so Sennacherib returned home in deep shame to his own land. And when he arrived in the temple of his God, some of his own sons killed him there. That's the end of it. Isaiah, we could jump over there. That's the rest of the reason, I guess the reason I gave those details. Isaiah's story of this recounts is 180 of them. And then the story about the, the, the virgin mocking him from up there on the wall. But anyway, oh, let's see. Oh, that's how the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem. And now there was peace throughout his realm. From then on, Hezekiah became immensely respected among the surrounding nations. And many gifts oh, oh, were, were, and were brought to him. And notice this right here. It says, about that time, Hezekiah became deathly sick, and he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord replied with a miracle. Now, we can have trouble later if we want to. Notice this. That this is something that uh, oh, Myrna was talking to me about the other day. You know, I mean, we, we need to be thankful. Look what it says here. Hezekiah didn't respond with true thanksgiving. I mean, we have to watch out for that. The Lord's going to get us out of trouble, but don't forget. Thank Him. Praise the Lord. Be happy about it. This is the reason I, I, I just know all these things. You don't write all these details that are that are not that don't make Hezekiah look good. If this was a funny book, but it's not. These are the real recorded facts that took place. Anyway, Hezekiah still turned out good. It's still, I mean, he's still, he's, he's still, notice this. It says, "But finally, Hezekiah and the residents of Jerusalem they humbled themselves, and the wrath of the Lord didn't fall upon him. What during Hezekiah's lifetime? Praise the Lord." You find that over and over and over again. And we need to stop. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. If we're sick, just like Hezekiah. We're going to be thankful, Lord. You're going to help us. And if it's financial, we're worried about. Lord, fix that. Praise the Lord. We, we, it's like money makes the world go around, and we know. We're missing money. We're in trouble. But, Lord, you're the God that helps us out. Supplying every need. We thank you. But if it's not money, it's not healing, and we're not sick, it's just other problems we're faced with. Well, Lord, praise the Lord. You'll get us out of that. We're asking you for your help. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but to tell others who you are and what you've done for us. And that's what we're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ooh, praise God.